I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life, and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. good and bad but it's bad because it's like you never there's no end like you, you don't hit like a contentment point so let me ask you to do this we're going to jump right into this right because you're going to unload i want you to write this down so you don't forget it because i think you're saying really good things but i want right, to say hello to everybody what first to write down? what you're talking about Oh. I want to uh welcome everybody to the ordinary to extraordinary podcast you guys I started recording a little while ago. We're also recording on video. Smile at your camera, Ben. <laughs> this is probably a terrible angle. <laughs> yeah, so um, we're trying something a little different. Going to try and get some video footage. Not going to release the whole thing, but we'll see if we can get some snippets and such for social media. Um, so welcome. Uh, ben has been decompressing a little bit because while he was on vacation, some things happened with uh, work and everything. Essentially, he, I, he can't say this, but I can. The tr- stock market shit itself because of the coronavirus and went down the toilet and people panic. So, as you can imagine, Ben's day to day would have been busy anyway, but having been on vacation for a week, I'm sure it's that a little bit busier. Yeah, 500 emails helps with that too. Yeah, so hundred of them being random calendar invites for O2E. Yeah, which wasn't me. You saw mine today, right? Yeah. Yes. So uh, we use a shared space to record this, and someone happened to go into our invitation and add themselves, and it created like a hundred and somewhat emails for me. It's this guy over here. As we'll, we'll go and beat the crap out of my yeah, like, Dude, you freaking screwed up my email inbox, my calendar. It's like. A- so today's agenda is basically for us to do a, a, a pulse, a, a sort of little mental health and update pulse. And I'm going to let Ben go first because I don't want him to take his shoelaces off and hang himself here. He's not, he's not having a good time of it today. So pick up where you left off there, Ben. Pick up where I left off? Yeah, you were... Which part of it? All of it. Let's just, um, let's just 
talk about what you've been doing, talk about, you know, your vacation slash trip and the difference and, and let's go from there. I was telling Stephen, when you have kids, you don't take vacations, you take trips. <laughs> My two-year-old lost a shit on the airplane on the way back, so that was a nice way to cap it off. Like hysteria, like we were that family on the plane. He's screaming, slapping, kicking. Oh, I don't do well with that. I don't do well with that. <laughs> My poor pregnant wife is like trying to keep us both calm. <laughs> I'm like, cocktail! This is when you have to go live on this stuff and oh. share it. I know you, you talked about social media as well, but this is when you go live on the social media and shame the little bastard when he's Oh, I took video of him crying on the plane. Oh, you did? Yeah. I'll have to see that. My wife's, yeah, I'm not going to show you. My wife's face is like just... I was like, ooh, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh, but I was telling Steve, it's like sometimes I feel like I'm just running a sprint, right? And you're running really fast and I keep on waiting for like a big thing to happen, like a big arrival, mm-hmm. like something to just feel like, oh, wow, that was a sweet win. <laughs> like that was a good win. Like I ran that race and I came in first. Like, but then once you do and you don't get the win, you got to start sprinting again. So it's like, I think I need a, a vacation from my trip. Vacation is where you sit on the beach and you have a cocktail and your time is your own and you get to read a book and relax and do whatever you want. A trip, <laughs> stuff is commanded of you. It's like, it's like the difference between you and me. A lot of my time is already dictated by others on how I'm going to spend my day. Because partially because of children, right? And then relationships, like, Good, bad, or indifferent. I'm not saying it's good or bad, right? Yours. You had you kind of an air of. Uh, you kind of started jealousy? that with an air. Maybe jealousy. <laughs> I thought it was an air of kind of. I'm better than you, but we won't go there. Wow. See, interpretation. But and you have more. I just. I mean, you just have less things that are commanding your time. You get to dictate more of how your time is spent. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's a difference between right. that. So if you want to go home and sit on the couch afterwards for half an hour. You can do that. I do that every now and again. God, I hate you. <laughs> Before I go and do the second gym session. Um, See, I have but a, you have the opportunity to even have... I have a song for you. I don't want to hear it. No, and I, I'm not going to play it now. I'm not going to do what you do and pull it up on my phone and play Why? it through the microphone. But whenever I feel the way you're feeling right now, even if it's just five minutes, I'm not a really big reggae fan. But Bob Marley has a song called Redemption Song, and I swear to God, you cannot put that song on, close your eyes for five minutes, and not open your eyes, going, "Okay, I feel better." Well, that's—I mean, that's true, right? It's just practicing breathing, chilling out. I wrote that Redemption song. Hmm? Just practicing breathing, chilling out for a couple minutes, just to like reset your mind. That's why I told you, it's like before we start this, I need a couple minutes to breathe. <laughs> So you actually walked in here one day a few weeks ago when I was I was setting up and you came in and I was singing Redemption Song and you went, what the hell are you singing? Or maybe it was at your house, but I was having a, a wusa kind of moment then, just like not having a good day and want to sing Redemption Song. I swear to God, that song just does it for me. Like, and sometimes I'll do it in a dark room. It's just part of, call it meditation, call it what you want, but try it. Yeah. Redemption song. But just, uh, to your point, it's like, no, there's been a lot at work going on just with the market not doing so great last week. 
uh, create some great buying opportunities for people who have cash on the side. We talked about this, didn't we? Yeah. Didn't like, I just say to you like five or six weeks ago, I'm like, hey, I'm going to start stockpiling cash so that I can work. buy low. <laughs> hopefully you put it to work on Friday. I've been getting busy. But, um, so clients though have been good. Like nobody's freaking out, luckily. I have a couple of clients that are confused, but it's just been educated and walking them through it, right? Nobody's freaking out. Nobody's pulling any triggers on doing anything stupid. But I'm not even sure I can say all that, what I just said. But uh, it's been, I mean, work's been good. I've had a good year so far, really, honestly. I mean, new money in. But again, it's just like, it's all been small things to the point of wanting a big win. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just want a big win. I want to feel like it's like, wow, that was kind of unexpected in a big win. That was awesome. Like, I just feel like everything I've got, I've had to give 120% to get it. And then it's been less than what you expected. And you're like, oh, crap. It's like, yeah, I got a win. But it was less than expected and I had to give more than I thought. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? No, it it does. So it's like, okay, I've had enough of these. I give 120 and I get 80 of what I expected, right? Yeah, I just think it's the yin and the yang. You know, if, if, if everything was always perfect, if everything always played out the way we expected it to, what would the purpose of life be, right? And I think the good and the bad, we have to take it for what it is. We have to apply sort of 10,000 foot view to it all and go, okay. I don't do well with that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I do and I don't. I think, so we'll, we'll talk about this, right? Um, so our mini topic today after we both give like a little update on what we're doing is actually pressure and how to deal with it and I had no idea you were having such a shitty day until you walked in here so I think it's shitty it's just a lot of shit going on right yeah but obviously you've got things going and dealing with it is I, I think and I don't even have this on my list of ways to deal with it but comparison's a big deal for you yeah and I think you've often I mean you have friends that are my friends too that at 30 years old, you know, in terms of being ahead in life, like the game of life, if you like, God, you got it dialed in, dude. One kid, one on the way, two houses, one that you rent out, income is great. You know, you have your shit together in the majority of the ways that you need to have your shit together. I think where you don't have your shit together is you want to be further ahead and the people you're comparing yourself to are not your peers, they're your superiors and your seniors, if you like, by 10, sometimes 15, 20 years. Yeah, so I guess it's an interesting point because I don't disagree with that at all. I, I think you're spot on because yes, the people I am comparing myself to when I'm doing this stuff are 10 to 15 years older than me, right? Mm-hmm. But I've never thought of age as an inhibitor. And some things it's not an inhibitor, but in, in life it is. But everyone, I know, and you have a finite amount me. of time, dude. Everyone's like, everyone keeps telling me like that age is like, well, then your friends, you don't have like, it's gonna I'm like, but it shouldn't be like, I should be able to land bigger accounts, and I should be able to do these things just because my friends aren't, you know, millionaires at this point doesn't mean that you're thirty years old. Yeah. At thirty years mm-hmm. old, I was still an absolute fuck up. Mm-hmm. No shit. Yeah. Like, I was, I was here. But I was recently single. <laughs> I was drinking five nights a week at bars, spending every penny I earned. I mean, I put some by and was doing. I was doing better than I was in the Chicago when yeah. I told you the money story. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's night and day from where I am now. But I tell you, when you're my age in eight years' time, 
at the rate you're going, Which not just be. financially, but in terms of everything else. You're going to have a 10-year-old and you're going to have a friggin' 8-year-old. And you're, going to, you're still going to be a young dad. You're still going to have your shit together. You're still going to, all the things you're talking about, vacations versus trips, you're going to be able to offload the kids much easier than you can now and bugger off for two, three days at a time and do it. You know what's funny is, so everybody looks at me, and I don't, I don't mean this like, in a weird, but I think people look at me, Jake said this this morning. It's like, we look at you and you have your shit together. It's like, and that's good and bad for you <laughs> because you expect everybody else to have your shit together their shit together too when most people don't at that age too right yeah but then I also so I, I don't compare myself to my peer group because compared to the peer group I think like you're saying like I probably do have my shit together I compare it to the people who are 40 and 50 mm-hmm. I'm like why am I not there I should be able to do that type of stuff and then sometimes it's there's the reality check that Jake and Tim will give me they're like Ben what are you talking about like when I was your age I was not like huh <laughs> Thirty-year-old like, Steve, and if you came out drinking with thirty-year-old Steve, and you wouldn't like thirty-year-old Steve, and and I don't just mean that in terms of um, lifestyle and so I just I didn't have shit together. I didn't have a good outlook on life. I was bitter. I was um, like I said, moved across the country for a girl and got shit on, so to speak. So I had this. Um, I mean, it, it led to me being single for the better part of ten years. That's good you know, and um, I just think. You say it all the time. Comparison's a thief of joy. Yeah, I know. You need to stop saying it and start myself. living it. You literally, and I don't know, look, I'm going to make a suggestion. It may not be the worst thing for you to see a counsellor and talk about that. Yeah, I know, yeah. And Jake and I talked about that. Yeah, or, or even some kind of coach. Well, that's what we talked mm-hmm. about. Like, they have the business coaches, the psychologist business coaches, right? Because mm-hmm. I do, I hold myself to a level that is pretty unattainable, I would say. Yeah. You know, in terms of setting realistic goals sometimes, so then I even want to kick even harder. When then it's like you get close to it, so you kick it out so you never actually reach the goal. Yeah. Almost. But I also I mean just in terms of what we talked about, we won't go into detail. Sometimes I think you count chickens before the eggs are hatched. And I think that's part of the comparison thing. Because you've already moved on and you're looking above to see where someone else is and it's like take care, just be here, be present, like um, do one thing at a time, you know. So, I mean, this isn't supposed to just be a counseling session for you, but yeah, sometimes you said that this way. I know that obviously you're having a, a tough go of it today. Um, Feeling better now, actually. But yeah, let's time. let's talk about your trip, not vacation, last week. How was that down in Arizona? You know, it was. It wasn't restful. That's why I said that's <laughs> the difference between a trip and a vacation. I did, and that part was fun. Friday was the one I would tell Pops, like, this is like the day that I actually, of course, then we fly out the next day. Like, this is the day now that I've actually felt like I get to breathe a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we were in Arizona for a week. Uh, usually around the first quarter of the year, we like to go down just to get out of this gray and gloom that is Spokane, Washington. We it's hit sunny days last week. I, I know, of course, you have <laughs> So everyone's like, well, it's sunny last week. It wasn't 70 and sunny, though, like it was in Arizona. No, we had high 50s, though. So we were uh, down there, jumped around a little bit, got to go explore Tempe, which I've never been to. We just always stayed in Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. His family's up there. And stayed with Lauren's grandma for a little bit, got to see cousins down there, so that was fun. And then uh, Travis and his wife Kaylee and their kiddos came down. We rented the, the house. Everybody stayed together. That part was nice because it's nice once, like, somebody else's kids can entertain your kids 
because then you do get a couple minutes. You're like, okay, I can just sit on the patio. Mm-hmm. The kids are playing. I don't have to be like watching them all the time, right? They can go run in the grass and blow bubbles and call it good. Yeah. So it was fun. It was a good time. We got to barbecue, drink some beer. But then towards the end of the week, it's when the market really started, you know, people started to get a little uncomfortable. So I ended up having to check email, take calls, text messages, all that type of stuff. Good. But it, uh, nothing fell apart for the most part. Well, the market did. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it, it, you look at the market today. Yeah, it's, it's, it's doing, it's doing Who knows? A, a we can, small bounce back. When this gets released in a week or two or three or whatever it is, it could be in the hole again. Who knows? Yeah, so this is not Ben, this is me, I'm going to project. I think after today it's going to take another dive in the toilet, there's going to be some more coronavirus nonsense, and I think we're going to see the market drop even lower than it did last week. Well, I'll say it depends on what the Fed's do, with yeah. the whole idea of QE, right? They were talking about stimulus all mm-hmm. the countries, that was the whole thing today, the, the market buoyed on countries coming behind saying, we will do whatever it takes, basically, to stave off. Yeah. negative effects of the market due to the coronavirus. Bink! Market pops up. So Yeah, but then there has to be specifics. Yeah, there's no <laughs> specifics. It becomes vague, just yeah. like we saw with the China trade deal. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a lot of volatility. Yep. Yeah, I can't. I probably well, I'm supposed to say all that stuff that I just said. Volatility is good in the market. I know that most people think not, but money's made when markets are volatile. Well, and if you're allocated correctly, you can take advantage of it. And if you're mm-hmm. not allocated correctly then it's going to hurt you and you should probably be working with 10 capital so again this is not something that ben would could or should say publicly so i'll say it instead just remember it's not a loss until you friggin sell all right it's not a loss until you walk in a trade selling what stock you have or what bonds or what securities or whatever you're working in it's only a loss when you press trade or your broker presses trade until then it's really just letting it ride. You know, it can no, bounce back. Yeah, I mean, every single time the stock market sets a new high, 20 years ago, nobody ever thought it was going to get there. That's why they say you make more money when you leave your money in the market. So there's actually a study done, and I can I should find a study to share it. So there was, we'll say there's four different types of groups, four mm-hmm. different types of investors, age, age-based, but and then the last one being dead people mm-hmm. and the portfolios of each of those different age segments who had the best performance dead people the dead people because they, they don't change shit. trades yeah <laughs> they stuck with it because they didn't go on they didn't press trade. so dead people likely outperform just the individual retail stock investor it's kind of morbid but Fascinating and funny at the same time. Yeah. So if you're out, out there doing it on your own, dead people are probably outperforming you. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, so what's new with you? I haven't really talked with you in a week. Yeah, we actually haven't recorded since President's Day, and it's the second of March today. Yeah. So it's been a full two weeks since we recorded because you were gone last week. Mm-hmm. Um, then you're gone next week. That's strictly not true. We recorded on the second as well. Or we recorded the day after President's Day, I think. We did Some back to back. Yeah. yeah. But it's been two weeks, give or take. Um, so yeah, we, we saw each other a little bit last week. I've been doing something, and you you understand why, and if maybe a couple other people listening might understand why. I've been learning about hockey. Oh, yeah. Like, actually learning about it. Why? It's, it's a sport that's never really held my interest, and someone else I know that has a real interest in it. I kind of... Yeah. 
took a few dumps on it. And, um, so yeah, I'm learning about hockey. Are you talking to this person who has an interest in hockey again? Uh, we haven't talked, no. Oh. Um, okay. Given some space, hate how I feel, but told her as much the other day, but just by text message. Yeah, so I've been learning about hockey and I have a, I think I have a newfound respect for it. Because um, they fight in it? And I've played it a little bit as well, it's just, I love playing sports. We could go watch Pop play sometime. Yeah, that'd be fun. I actually, it'd be fun to put skates on again. I haven't been on skates since I was like 21. I, I used to work at an ice rink and drive a, an Olympia, which is a Zamboni machine. I, I think I told you that, right? No. Um, That's one of my many jobs in college. Drive a Zamboni? Yeah. Um, so I know a lot about making ice and painting ice and I even thought I knew a lot about hockey but obviously didn't. So learning the intricacies. Um, somebody's trying to call me, we'll send that to voicemail. It goes on five different things. Um, yeah, it does. Here, here and the screen. Um, all three screens. All <laughs> three screens and the watch. Four. <laughs> Stephen gets a call and gets notified in four different ways. So, um, by the way, if you ever call Stephen and he doesn't answer, you know it's not because of Mr. Some things I'm on the other line a lot, so yeah, I've been, <laughs> been doing that. Um, I have an upcoming trip similar to you, work trip. I fly to Louisville on Saturday, not a vacation, um, kind of. I, I leave a day, well, I get in a day early, so it's for our work's top performers conference. I'm not going to use its real name because you always make fun of it. The Diamond Conference, um, so yeah, fly in on Saturday. Uh, Sunday I'll go exploring, go to the Louisville Slugger Museum, Muhammad Ali cool. Museum, which is also there. He, that's where he's from. Monday morning we're going to play some basketball, Oregon versus Washington. So my team's going to play the Oregon. We've been kind of talking about that. That would be fun because mm -hmm. I'm staying at a beautiful hotel called the Omni. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you've heard of that mm -hmm. in chain. Um, might do like a massage or something Sunday as well. And then Monday night... We're going to Churchill Downs for a private event, that's so we've rented out Churchill Downs. That cool. So that would be really cool. Go see where the Kentucky Derby happens, um, and they've always got cool shit going on for us and booths to learn about. They, they release products to us first and let us sell them before they give them to the the lesser refs, I guess we'll call them, the ones that don't sell as much. The minions, the peons. I, and I, I love it. I love that they give us tools because they're like, hey, you guys have earned this. Go, go, crush it. Yeah. Kind of thing. They're going to give you a laptop or an iPad again or something. There'll be something. So I won a prize. I just have to go and pick it. So the better, best, and, or sorry, oh, that good, yeah. better, best. And I came in at the top level. So I get to pick a prize. I don't know what it is. And then there's always swag and such. But the, the coolest thing about these is you're literally rubbing shoulders with people that are as good and better than you. Yeah, and what you do, you learn what they're doing, you learn how they're doing it, you have great conversations about the um, the methodologies that people use, and just, you know what it's like when, you, when you're when you around your teammates that are doing well and such. Mm -hmm. You just learn things, so. Pick up good tricks of the trade. Really, really looking forward to it. Um, and Louisville's a cool city. My favorite bar, probably on the East Coast, is in Louisville. It's called the Third Street Dive. And it does exactly what it says on the door. It's just an absolute dive of a bar, but it's one block off this thing called Fourth Street Live. Fourth Street Live is like twenty bars and restaurants with like a pedestrian precinct and places where they can do concerts and such. So that's where most people. That's where we'll start and we'll eat and we'll do things there most nights. But then I always get a crew, like a cool crew, be like, "Hey, you want some insider knowledge? You want some local knowledge? Follow me." And They've got karaoke and it's just it's an amazing place. So you're going, that's the vacation part. Third Street Dive, yeah. So, and I'll do some other things like bourbon. 
you know, I like booze. Yeah. Go and try some different bourbons. And I know you're smiling because you want me to bring you some <laughs> back. So yeah, that should be fun. Um, let's see, what else? My car shit itself. I think you knew you that. You told me that, yeah, because um, you were driving a minivan. <laughs> <laughs> drove a minivan for a day. That shagging was, wagon. Yeah, no, it wasn't a shagging wagon. Um, you know what that means, right? To shag? Yeah, that was sexy. Yeah. Yeah. I had to learn that the hard way. Oh, I was like, is this a trick question? Actually, I had, to, I had to learn the American meaning of it. When I heard um, American coaches yelling at kids to go shag balls. I was like, what? What kind of nonsense is this? I don't want them doing that. Well, that means go collect balls, apparently. Oh, I've never heard that. In soccer, like, when they kicked them away, they had to go and shag them. That's I swear to God, it's an American thing. I've never heard that. Same way I heard a lady threaten to smack her daughter's fanny. And in my country, a fanny is a very different thing than a bum. <laughs> it's a V. It's the, it's the frontal bum. So I heard a mother threaten to smack her daughter's fanny, and I was like, okay, what in the... Do we need to call CPS? You're going to smack her okay. Yeah. So... A hoo-hoo smack. But yeah, um, drove a minivan for a day. My door latch and the assembly that Can held the imagine? driver's side door shut... And I drive a manual car, so I had, I had like, between the steering wheel, the gear stick, and the door, had to, like, basically, it was was like driving and juggling on the way to the the garage, and then I dropped it off. Enterprise, I booked it online, they told me they had a car, so I rushed down there to get it, and it's a minivan. You had to drive that for the whole day, or? 24 hours. 24 hours, huh? Yep, I just, it was so much going on, I couldn't do without a car. I don't need a new car. I just fixed the door assembly. <laughs> You're desperate for me to get a new car. I own it free and clear. I don't need a new car. I'll drive it till it dies. Um, let's see, what else? I um, went for a drink with Iga on Saturday night, mm-hmm. which was cool. Don't know if I'm allowed to talk about her. I might need to take her name out, but I'm not dating, none of that. We're just friends, just hanging out, getting to know each other. She's kind of jaded a little bit from, from some previous things. Yeah. This is the gal from the gym, right? Yeah. yeah. I have referred to her before. Oh, yeah, um, yeah she, she's cool. So I just went and had a beer with her and nothing. You have to take this out too, but Lauren agrees. <laughs> you just gave me like so much editing work to do, you prick. <laughs> I am leaving that part in, so they're going to wonder what I edited yeah, I think, out. Yeah, they're going to wonder. <laughs> <laughs> we, we violated a few different things there that we can't actually say, so that all had to be edited. Yeah. We don't do much editing, but when it comes to law, we do. Yes. So yeah, and now we're just uh, probably ready to go into our little mini topic for the day. Mini topic for the day. <laughs> and our mini topic for the day. So we figured that these pulses, we would talk sort of debrief because we got some shit from people that were like hey you never tell us what's going on anymore you just do topics and you just interview people and we're like, oh well okay people are actually interested so i guess we will share some of that so we want to talk a little bit about pressure and how we deal with it and how, how we should deal with it ben let's talk about dealing with pressure you are obviously right now dealing with some pressure huh i just got a text message that one of my clients laid off 10 people to uh oh. <laughs> Do we need to take that out? Uh, talk about. I'm not gonna tell you who. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, more pressure. Woo! That's shitty. Yeah. Oh, goose frog. 
Is it beer time, beer 30? I'm going to the gym after this, and then I've got an SYP board meeting after that. You're welcome to come to that and drink a beer. Good, good. I don't need to go to any long board meetings or meetings if I need to. <laughs> really don't. Sure, Ben. We're oh, gonna, woe is me, huh? We're going to be in the uh, Jinger tournament this morning. It's like you get to a point, too, where it's like you start to decide what you actually want to be a part of and what you actually want to do, and you start saying no to things, right? Because I think part of it probably isn't this topic, actually, is there's a lot of things that contribute to stress and anxiety in life that aren't beneficial to you or your family mm-hmm. or your work that you just do because you feel some type of weird sick commitment to help out and do them and that uh, you need to start saying no to more things to be able to manage that anxiety and that stress too. So I'm, I, I learned this once. I cut out a lot of things actually and it helped greatly. I think I might be doing it again here soon. Mm-hmm. So funnily enough, so I, when I do these topics... Funnily. Is funnily a word? Funnily enough is a, a. You can look it up on the interwebs if you want. Funnily, not funny. Funnily enough or funny enough. Do you want to look it up right now? Look, I'm just getting the phone out. Here, here. You keep talking. I'll, I'll look up funnily. Funnily enough. Promise it's good English. My grammar is superior to yours. Just funnily enough. Number four on my little list, because I usually make little lists when I'm talking about oh, how we deal with things. I know it's a word. I, I know it's a word. Do you want to look at it? Cocky mother. Wait, are you going to apologise for doubting my grammatical prowess? No. I feel like you owe me an apology for doubting my grammatical prowess. I just asked if it was a word. Yeah, but it was the way you asked if it was a word. Shut up. You were all Shut smug. up, Stephen. <laughs> Okay, what do you think? <laughs> Go back to that. <laughs> so yeah, I was saying number four on my list here is literally dealing with pressure is being comfortable saying no to non-essential or non-productive things or dealing, mm-hmm. dealing with pressure. Yeah. Yeah. So not just in the personal sense, but in the business sense and in everything, right? And we, we've talked about that quite a lot, actually. Like, does it help you get to what your goal is? Does it help you accomplish what you want to accomplish today? If not, say no. Yeah. You need to be in that meeting. If you have FOMO, fear of missing out, which we know some people that have it real bad. I don't think I've had FOMO for years. Like, I'm like, oh, I don't need to be at that. Tell me about it later. But when you have that FOMO, you just like you'd say no. You'd say no to nothing and yes to everything. Yeah. And it just puts you in a bad spot. So I think that's important. And some t- every now and again, you have to take stock of what you're doing. What boards are you serving on? You know, what are you spending your free time on? Are you, you know, going home and sitting on the couch and watching TV for three hours when you could be doing something that gives you that cathartic release that you need, mm-hmm. whether it be physical or emotional or whatever, yeah. right? So saying no to a lot of things is, is important. And just on that, got to make lists. Make lists, yeah. But I've got a not-to-do list is more important than a to-do list. A not-to-do list, interesting. And by that, I mean you have to be aware of things that are going to suck your time, whether Mm. it be social media, suck the life out of you, comparison. Like for you, you should literally have something front and centre in your office, in your car, in the fridge, something you see all the time about not comparing. You need to remind yourself not to do that. And I don't want I don't want to just harp on about that, but for me it's don't think about things you can't control. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm a control freak, but I certainly like to 
know that I'm in control of the things I can control. And sometimes I can't differentiate between what I can and should control and what I can't control. So I have quotes. I think the other thing, yeah. um, sorry, the That's control okay. part, but to your part about uh, it's like anxiety, uh, stress, and work, work, right? it ebbs and flows too. Because there's periods of time where I'm like, this is great, like stuff's happening, I'm not having, I feel good about it. And there's times where you're just like, Ah, but to your earlier point, it's like you get the good with the bad, essentially, right? It's like so to have the good times, you need to have bad might be a strong word, but like the bad times, the hard times, the times where you're kind of grinding through it mm -hmm. to make it all worth it. But the hard part is, it's like you don't. I don't ever know if you get to a point where it's like it there ever stops being the hard times either. Like there's never a point where it's just all good all the time, too, mm -hmm. which. Maybe that's how it's supposed to be because you don't want because then you might start taking all the good for granted too. Yeah, I believe that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, when yeah. I think about it, yeah, it's like well, that would make sense, right? Mm -hmm. To smack you back into your, into your, into reality every once in a while. Yeah, there's a concept that I learned from Kobe Bryant. I wish I'd learned it in person, but you often talked about a muse cage, M-U-S-E. I take this so literally in a different way, so I don't have a set office. I come here to fellow, but the background on my computer, the background on my phone, my iPad, all of that stuff is the things that I love and care about, right? I've been in your office, I've been in other people in your office's offices. Mm -hmm. That was strange offices, to say. Offices. And one of the things that strikes me is how sterile they all are. Mm -hmm. You guys haven't created muse cages, you haven't created a, an environment, and that's, I guess that's where I'm going, an environment. Like I come in your office and I'm like, oh well, okay, so we, there's a picture of Lauren and, and and Weston and there's, you know, there's a couple of little trinkets, but you're not surrounded by the things you love. You don't have any cars in there, like pictures or. Yeah, a picture of a car on the wall, empty mm. Chevy. Yeah, but. And a picture of a sailboat on the other one, in water. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I feel like you could do more in terms of surrounding yourself with the the things that are going to bring you back to what your why is and what your what you're doing and how, you know, when you're having these stressful days, it's like, all right, there's the three cars, there's this, there's that, there's Malibu that I want to go and visit, there's, you know, whatever it is, I'm a big believer in that and just yeah. constantly having those reminders. And things that if it works um, for you, yeah. Yeah, you know, I talked about the bands. This is the first time we've recorded since, well, I guess it released today, the one, I already got some messages about my little ticks and my nervous ticks and, yeah. and things, people talking to people. But yeah, there's, there's so many little things that you can do to surround yourself with um, positivity. Um, and making lists is one of them, you know. Yeah. I, I do I not do list and a to-do list. I think one of the biggest takeaways when stressed, anxious, is like what I'm doing now. Slowing down my talking, too. Mm -hmm. Like when you slow down how you talk and then sometimes just taking to, you said you would sing Redemption, right? It's like just doing something for a couple of minutes. I'll sometimes just close my eyes and, and breathe through my nose and then exhale through my mouth. And listen to Bob Marley. And it's like, and that slows your breathing, right? It just it forces you to actually calm down and relax a little bit and help work through some of that anxiety because I think people don't really realize it. It's like, I mean, I think probably both of us, it's like, I don't think our jobs are normal. <laughs> So I, I know everyone thinks they have a stressful job, but uh, I mean, 
I'm sure there are some that definitely have more stressful jobs, and there's some that certainly have less stressful jobs. Mm-hmm. And it's or different types of stresses, right? I guess we all have stresses in our notes, but it's like managing people's money. I don't think we realize how stressful it is sometimes, even when we work in it, right? Because you, I mean, you physically feel the stress some days, right? Like you can feel it weighing on you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and having good outlets is also something that most people in finance don't have. Yeah. I mean, usually they're turning to alcohol or engorging themselves in food. Mm-hmm. So having good outlets, I think, to manage to your point with your three hours at night, so watching TV, it's like, what is it that is a good outlet for you. I mean, sometimes for me, it's just sitting on the back deck with a beer, listening to music, looking out the city. Like, mm-hmm. just letting your brain run. And decompress. Get out. Yeah, and decompress. And yeah, it's taking time to do that. You hit something that's super relevant to you and I, but probably not others. We literally manage other people's money. Yeah. Right? We handle other people's money. And one of the things that will ruin my day, Federal Reserve delay. So someone wakes up and their deposits from the weekend are not in their account on Monday. And I deal with a lot of restaurants and bars and that's when they order, that's when they write checks, send things out, do ACHs. And I mean, we're talking places that are doing fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 weekends sometimes, and that's not in their account. And who do you think they call? And you know, when, when you're getting those kind of calls, like, yeah, everybody has different stresses and it's not to belittle any kind of stress no. or pressure but when someone else is asking you where their money is and you're like hey I got no control over this I wish that's, I that's yeah. stressful yeah well sometimes you want to do things it's like oh, I'm sorry you're in a bad situation mm-hmm. and you didn't start working with us 20 years ago when I could have helped you get your goals yeah. aligned and get things up. I mean there's so many 50, 60 year olds that come in that are behind that are just tired Mm-hmm. And you're just like, God, sorry, I wish I had better news, but you got to work five, ten more years. Like, Yeah. So here's another point that I've got written down here and in terms of dealing with pressure. And I know you're going to laugh at this because I'm going to talk about Cassidy Bones, but they tagged us in that challenge that neither one of us did. Um, so Cassidy, if you're sorry, listening Cassidy. to this, sorry, I think between Ben being gone last week and me kind of taking a mini hiatus from social media... I didn't do any thoughts I last week. Yeah, I, um, I was kind of just absent, wanted to kind of pull myself out of that world we'll for a minute. A trip. Um, I just didn't want to do it, but I love the concept and it's done as perfect, right? So I think yeah. often we, um, we don't start things or we get so bogged down in something being perfect that mm-hmm. we don't, we don't ever finish it. Yeah. Right? Not even not start. I think a lot of people start. I think they just don't finish. And I think done is better than perfect because it will never be perfect. If it is, you're probably working in a, an industry or working on tasks that are menial and probably shouldn't take much of your time or much of your focus anyway. Mm-hmm. Done is better than perfect. Just do something and then improve upon it and keep trying to improve upon it. That's that infinite game mindset, mm-hmm. right? And I think when you realize that just getting something done is, a, is an achievement as opposed to doing it perfectly and then not judging yourself harshly, it's so much better on your psyche in terms of stress and pressure levels. Yeah. It, uh, 
uh, I think I'm not sure if you saw my comment on Cassidy's thing, but she tagged me in, and I was like, "That's awesome." And I'm like, "I, like, I similarly type thing. It's like, hey, eighty percent is good enough, right?" Mm-hmm. It's like everyone's like, "Give a hundred percent," and that's that's like, yeah, give a hundred percent. But if don't don't belabor something, I think is what it comes down to, right? Yeah. It's like sometimes just doing something is better. I mean, well, most of the time, just doing something is better than never doing anything, right? Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of things I can think of right now that I'm like. I could just start, like, because you try to plan it all out in your mind for it to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And how would this work? Well, you know, like business is what I'm thinking about. Most how would this business work? I even wrote down something to talk with you about afterwards. Is how would this work? How would this business work? Can, 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 can I see the mathematical equation in my mind that's going to lead to the end result? And the end result is perfection, right? It's like, but I don't think until, and I'm not sure you can get to the end result just by equation. No. Like, you have to actually do it. There's so much more to it, right? Because the, the equation never is, it's always changing, it's ever evolving. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. that's kind of a weird analogy, weird, obscure thing, but. Yep. So, what outlets do you have to deal with pressure? <sighs> what outlets do I have? Like, what, what's, what's your pressure release valve? Like, when you're just, what's. What's the one thing you know you can always let? And let's not talk booze. Yeah. Um, what's the one thing you know? And, and you, you mentioned sitting on your deck looking at the city, but yeah. I mean, is that it? No, as that, it's talking with my wife, talking with colleagues like Jake and Tim. You know, it's like, I mean, I think we talked about it, Jake and I talked about it this morning. It's like the 10 Capital is kind of like a family, right? So it's like Jake and I will, like, dude, I'm struggling with this. Like, what's going on? So, and I really enjoy his and I, my conversations. Like, We'll talk through things work related you know because he knows the stresses of our job too and he can talk some shed some light into it mm-hmm. and hopefully vice versa but then also with warren you know i chat about things that are going on at work and she'll give me space to go and sometimes it's, it's sitting on the deck it's sitting in the hot tub it, all my things are decompressing it's driving mm-hmm. like that's why i like the nice weather because i can get in the convertible and i can just go for a cruise it's like and when there's something about just driving with open air and the music going that removes you from your current state, right? Because I honestly, I mean, honestly, I have a hard time removing myself and turning my brain off. Mm-hmm. I think my biggest struggle is I have the hardest time turning my brain off. It, 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 it's a blessing and a curse, right? It, it's a blessing that you're constantly working on situations and trying to improve them to make them better, but it's also a curse that you're constantly working on situations to try and perfect them, make them better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, you never just are quiet. My brain's never quiet, if that makes sense. Yeah. Unless I'm in those situations where I can distract myself. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because you talked about um, driving. My driving is walking. Yeah. My poor dog. She's getting older. She gets, She's good for one long walk a day, a mile or so. Um, so I've had to like actually leave her at home and go on some walks on my own. Exercise. There's, mm-hmm. that, there's just something so cathartic about sweating and getting to the point that you're exhausted. And it just, it's, it's such a release for me. And that, that just harks back to me being a, an athlete and playing team yeah. sports my whole life. Um, you know, I've got relax here. But relax for me is tough. Like I, like what you're talking about, like driving or sitting on the deck, or I struggle with that. Unless I'm by water, I have to be by the ocean, yeah. and then I can literally sit for hours and stare into space yeah. at the ocean or even a lake. 
don't grow up on the ocean. And then unplug. I know you're going to laugh at this with a joke you just made about the four screens as Adrian tries to call. But there's this um, there's this beautiful thing sometimes where I'll leave my watch, my phone and every electronic I own at home and just go somewhere and be completely unplugged. unplugged. And I think unplugging is I, I, it was um, I came home this was 10 years ago even I came home and the girl I was living with here in Spokane she was like why is your phone here if you were out and I was like I just needed time away from it I'd literally taken Ollie for a walk for like two hours I didn't know she was going to be home early from work so I don't know if she was planning on surprising me or something she seemed kind of mad about it I was like I wasn't up to anything I've got the dog with me I went for a walk <laughs> so yeah um, I think that's important detox. oh absolutely that's sometimes you just don't need I mean don't need these damn things no don't need them we're so reliant I was on talking them. about it with a guy in the airport and uh, Weston we had to we were getting his iPad ready for the plane basically well it's Laura's iPad we were just trying to get him to not lose his mind on the airplane which he did anyways but <laughs> to like watch a show and the guy's like it's sad that we live in an age where it's like everything is so tech driven Mm-hmm. I tell you, like, seriously, it's like I, I didn't have to have a smartphone. I'd go back to the little Kia Rick thing that we had where it was calling and texting, right? Where we didn't have our email, we didn't have social media. And I, I've often thought if social media is a fad, could be to some degree, right? It doesn't mean it'll go away entirely, but Instagram, Facebook, and my hope is that it kind of is <laughs> because I think there's the expectation with social media and smartphones now that you have them and you use them and it's weird if you don't mm-hmm. because if, if even with these even if we didn't have these smartphones and I didn't have my email on my phone I wouldn't feel as I couldn't check it I could be forced to be in the moment but now I've been trained and the expectation is that if I get an email that I respond to it now within like an hour no that I Never right. conform to that, but it's like, good gosh, like, yeah, no, I've actually on that, I've got some trouble, you know, working with the bank branches, and I have to explain to them, hey, I'm not sitting at my desk in front of my email all day, every day. I'm there's days where I'll put, I'll be here in the morning, do some emails, and then I'm back to back coffee meetings, and then a lunch meeting, and then I'm running somewhere to do an install. And then I'll come back here, grab my computer, get out of here. And those are the best days. Yeah, and they're productive. Yeah. Those are money-making exercises, right? And sometimes the bank or customers will send me emails, and they're like, I sent you an email at 1 o'clock, and you didn't respond, so I called you at 3, and I'm like, I haven't been near my email. And I don't check it on my phone often. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen it. Or I saw that it was about three and a half pages long, so I marked <laughs> it as unread, and I figured I would I'll get to it later. <laughs> um, you know, if you have seen it, and yeah, this this whole uh, dropping everything and responding to emails and stuff immediately is just, it's so asinine. And it's well, you kind of wish we could just slow down in society a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think there's so many people, the interesting thing is a lot of the young couples that I work with that are coming in where they both work, yep. you can tell everybody's burnt out. All the young families. So here's a question for you. Are burnt out because... Mm-hmm. We've got smartphones, we've got social media, we've got kids, we've got stresses, we've got savings, we've got people that are barking down on us, right, about how things should be done, 
that aren't dealing, that don't even, even know the struggles that the generation currently has, and then we wonder why depression is at all-time highs. Mm -hmm. So here's a question for you. How much of pressure that people are put under in stress, how much of it is external pressure that people have expectations of them versus internal? I would say a lot of it is societal. I think it's internal. Uh, I think most I people feel pressure that they put on themselves. I know for a fact that most companies, most bosses, most they're not breathing down people's necks saying, I need this by an hour. They don't give you an hour to do something mm -hmm. unless it's an hour's task, right? I think, and then the internal pressure of comparing yourself to others, the internal pressure of, I'm too fat, I need to go to the gym, but I don't have time to go to the gym. Okay, we could say this. I'll say it's internal pressure, but it's exact. I mean, it's, it's internal insecurities, yeah, which are exacerbated by societal expectations. expectations. Okay. I could go with that. Because what societal expectation is doing is playing upon people's insecurities, right? It's like, mm -hmm. I feel I'm too fat. I get on social media from my stupid smartphone and I see some Can I see beautiful people. Yeah. yeah. People on vacation. I'm stressed out. They're on vacation. Yeah. So I, I could, I could fat, get behind that. So it's like, so if we removed... We just stop caring about what other things. people think is what you're saying, basically. Yeah. For the most part. But how do you do that? How can you help people do that? Yeah, that's... By removing the pressures. The stimulations, yeah. The stimulations, the societal pressures, right? Because now, it's the expectation is there. I say it's weird if you don't have a smartphone. People think it's weird if you don't have a smartphone. People think it's weird if you don't have a Facebook and an Instagram and a yeah. Twitter and... Yeah, so I So it's like if we remove those things... Yeah, and now you're so ingrained in them for work issues as well now though, right? You have to do social media videos. And yeah. I mean, we do it for, for the podcast. If people were so secure, which I don't know anybody, well, there's a few people, but it's like, I don't, I don't have social media, I don't have smartphone, I don't have, I just live in the moment, I just live for what I want to do, my family, and it's like, wow, good for you. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, I mean, I couldn't name anybody that does that 100% effectively. Nah, I don't know that there's anybody that does. Those those people that don't have social media have insecurities and they compare themselves in other ways in different places, you know? Yeah. So so I have a couple more. That, that That's actually really interesting. I thought that was kind of really good stuff there, talking about internal versus external and how we came to the, yeah. the agreement there. Look at us. We didn't argue. We agreed on something. And you didn't say, fuck you, Stephen. I don't care what you think. <laughs> I still don't. <laughs> Um, That's not true, though. You know I said I appreciate your insight. No, and, and likewise. Especially when I take time to actually realize that different isn't always wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I, that sounds really rudimentary, but I mean, in terms of different experiences, doesn't dis discount people's opinions or no one thing. Yes. Yeah. So, there's, yeah, what my grandma used to say. Remember, I said this once before, and you thought it was weird there's more than one way to skin a cat? Yeah, and I, I always wonder why you would be skinning a cat. Yeah, that, that's disgusting. Yeah. I don't know what your grandma was into. But, yeah. She was Irish, don't worry about it. Nah, she was Irish. <laughs> I think, so I've got a couple more things here written down. We're probably getting close to wrapping up. Yeah. Learning to delegate or prioritize your tasks Yeah. on right. needs versus time, right? So we just talked about that, where you get the email, you have to respond to it. And it's like, no, I don't need to respond to that. There's a need here. Someone needed this yesterday, I'm getting to it now, I'm going to get it done, and then I'll get to that. Right, and those right, where you get some email, and you, to your point, send it to the other person to deal with it. I need you to respond to this email. Yeah. Can you look at this yeah. and let me know what you think? You know, rather than, I think often 
pressure comes from thinking you have to be the one to solve all the issues, right? Mm-hmm. This came to me, I have to own it. And it's like, no, you don't have to own it. You can share this burden, you know? Let somebody else carry the ring to, to rule all rings for a minute. You know, you don't, it doesn't need to be just one person. And then you said that this is actually a huge stress release for you. So it's, it's again, it's a lot of times we talk about things and they kind of, we, we find commonalities. But if you share your problems, stresses, and situations with colleagues, family, friends, your partner, um, and I wrote Parter. Apparently, I missed an N when I was typing. <laughs> Partner. So yeah, I mean, what what's that old saying that a problem shared is a problem halved? Because you get two two sets of eyes looking at it now, two sets of eyes, two sets of ears. Let's let's get to the bottom of this kind of thing. But yeah, so obviously your go-to would be sharing things with Lauren. You talk about Jake and Tim. You know, for me, it's I, I lean on you for a lot on, in the personal sense. It's funny the last year or so. I've learned that some of my closest friends aren't really my closest friends in some situations. You try kind of go to them and you've got stuff you want to unload and they don't want to unload, they, they want to talk about them and their problems. And mm. It's not that you don't want to help them, it's just like, hey, did I give you so much or I need you type thing. And I'll throw that at you and say, hey, a lot of the things that have stressed or pressured me here in the last year, you've been willing, listen, you know, make time. You know, I know you've, you've a few times you've been like, ah, screw it, I'll come for a coffee, I'll come for lunch, probably have shit to do, but, you know, and I think that's important to have those people in your life to be able to, and if you don't have that, you've got to start building that immediately. Yeah. You've got to start building that support network, even if it's a video call, even if it's FaceTime, even if it's picking the phone up and calling your mum thousands of miles away and saying, hey, I need to need to run something by you, here's what I've been going through. I think that's... That's sort of probably the, the best other, way to deal with pressure. And to the other side of that coin is I be the person who's willing to take the call. Don't be so busy that you can like and there's certain to your point that there's certainly been lunches or coffees and things where I could definitely could have had something else to do, but I'm like, well, I can answer those tonight if I need to, right? Like I can get yeah. those emails tonight if I need to. So but there's, like I think so many people that are young that are grinding too, I've mm-hmm. noticed this, they're so internally focused. Yeah. That they don't want to help people. I, I will say that even though I compare myself to people and I struggle with that and it's something to be dealt I I think I do a good job of being there mm-hmm. for other people that need something and I'm and sometimes it bites me in the ass I was talking about this with Jake too it's like sometimes I'm more giving and more helpful and it comes and it bites me and I actually need to stand up for myself and mm-hmm. my, what I'm trying to do a little more than just helping other people right yeah and I think that's the fine line right knowing who you can lean on mm-hmm. but not taking it for granted and also knowing that every now and again you don't want to be that person where like oh shit Stephen's calling what's he calling for he's going to bitch about this and this and this so you're not calling a bitch you're calling to unload get advice move the fuck on right I think that's the important thing Mm -hmm. just something and this comes back to we've talked about the love languages book a lot sometimes you don't want sometimes I don't call you and ask you for a solution sometimes I call you just get it off my chest and I just need somebody to listen Yeah. and then on the flip side the people in your life might just need you to listen and not give them a solution as well mm-hmm. totally so okay. yeah do you have any more points on your list before we wrap it up I do not Look I thought that. this was a good little chat good little um, chat hopefully you guys felt that way and it wasn't just us kind of verbally vomiting all over you this time that's pretty much what we do. Verbal moment. It's a podcast after all. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> um, we do have a cool interview coming up with Dave Mitchell from The Leadership Difference. Have you read the book yet or listening. listened to the book? 
Listening. Good. Um, it's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. He's interested in his way. He compares it to a cow, Brene. Yeah, every, every, he, he links everything back to wine. Yeah, I thought he, he would wine. enjoy that. So we're going to have him on here. We're going to interview him next week. So look forward to that one. Best-selling author, by the way. Because, you know, we're, we're kind of getting big time now and New York Times best-selling authors and shit. So, yeah. Um, I had somebody the other day tell me, they're like, you guys need to curse more on the podcast. I like it when you curse. That's big. <laughs> I was like, well, shit, okay. Who told you that? Will you tell me offline? Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. Rate, review, share. That's also big. Our numbers are good today, I think, for listening, or they were earlier. But we really appreciate you guys listening. And until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Now